0: Welcome to the So You Can Relate
1: podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the So You Can Relate podcast. We are at episode 26. It's your girl Joyce.
0: And it's me, Adafala. So yeah, we're diving right in. Adafala has a tweet to read for us. Let me know if you think this is controversial or lot. Just let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. okay jesus said f organized religion and then they went and created a whole religion center in him and then they took out his main teachings lol <laughs> you know what
1: yeah when i hear things like this i just think like <laughs> people love to be complicated and they love to <laughs> shake the tables They do. So, okay i can understand what they mean in terms of like jesus was Always arguing with the Pharisees, like he didn't really believe in like how they were obsessed with like tradition um, and being perfect and condemning other people that maybe weren't as perfect as they felt like they were. They were self-righteous, um, and they had a lot of pride. So I feel like in that, in that vein of things, obviously it becomes so different for us because we're under a new covenant. We're under this covenant of grace. Um, and in this covenant of grace it's not about my works or what I do but it's about what Jesus did at the same time God is a God of order and I feel like sometimes we're like no but what Jesus did on the cross you know it's enough and it is enough but I think that we can't there has to be order within the church I think that I think that as Christians the church still has to exist. Like God is coming back for the church. Do you got know what I mean? And there has to be order within the church, and there has to be some sort of structure to living a Christian life. Um, if we just all did what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it, and and like what we felt like doing, like it would just make it. That's just not like conceivable. And I think that as Christians, like our lives are based on the Bible, and sometimes people don't want to admit that that does come with like some sort of structure. Like there's a scripture that comes to mind. It's um if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Yeah. You got know what I mean? So yeah. I think, like, loving Jesus and following Jesus and the word of God come hand in hand, like, we should, like, stop trying to separate the two. Mm. So, yeah, I think that what the guy said, like, it kind of contradicts itself, if you got know what I mean. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. It's like, there is still something that we believe in. And even though belief can be very self-defining sometimes, it is still the belief in something and I think whatever that thing entails is what we're following, so yeah, it's like the veil is torn, you know, we love you Lord, we really do love the Lord, or Whatever. or yeah, it's like, it's like there are still some things that will set you apart, and I think what sets you apart is the things that you, that you all do, you all mm-hmm. do it because you've all been told to do it, but with love, you know, and I think I found this cheap because you we were just talking about the whole church thing, like do Christians need to go to church, I think yeah. they do need to go to church, they need to have Even if the church isn't a building, they need to have a group, like a fellowship, Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. who are affirming their beliefs and helping them to be encouraged when they're feeling lost, when they have questions, when they're doubting their faith. That still counts as the church, right? Um, And I think sometimes we put it down to numbers too much. Like you look down on a Christian who was only able to go to church five times in one year, more than Mm. somebody who was only able to go to church for six months in a year, you know. Because so I'm thinking, does quantity matter or is the fact that you believe in God the most important thing? If I never had access to a church again, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, would that condemn me to hell? I don't think so, because there are so many Christians across the world who are being persecuted for believing in God, who aren't right. able to go to church, at least not openly. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure God still loves them. They've still got a you know, ticket <laughs> to heaven. You know what yeah. I mean? So the church yeah. is important, um, but I think it's about finding that balance between um, making it like, making it more important than your relationship with god itself mm. and obviously going there to be edified and to be um to be in line with other christians who also believe the same thing that you believe
1: 100 percent. i think like i always see things online and like pastors talking about how like people can get so caught up in like playing church mm. and playing the role of being a christian that you actually miss the person of jesus and that scares me to my core imagine spending years like mm. In church ministry, you know, doing what you think is right, but you've actually missed it, like you've actually missed relationship with Jesus. And you don't want to be those people that come and say, Oh, you know, we did this in your name and we did that in your name and we healed the sick and cast out demons, and then God says, Depart from me (laughs) and the knee. Like, I don't know your name. I don't know your name. (laughs) Imagine. And you're trying to explain, I know this man, I know this man.
0: At the, at the at the pearly gates. <laughs> What's your
1: name again? ouch Oh my gosh, that's actually my worst nightmare. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, like uh, we do need to. Although the church is important and and it's there for a reason, I think that like you need to actually look inwardly and be like, okay, do I actually know Jesus? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And what does that look like? Like searching the scriptures for what that actually looks like. Looking at people that actually were in relationship with Jesus and what their lives looked like, mm. and it wasn't perfection. Do you know what I mean? but it was real and it was raw and you know that I feel like for most of those people the story ends well because they get to spend eternity with Christ
0: you know yeah I mean at least for me um what I probably believe other people other Christians go through as well was like this whole thing of trust and I think we spoke about it like in one of our first episodes like who do I trust in the church like even this pastor who is here you know spreading the good news to us every Sunday teaching us edifying us it's like who do I actually trust can I trust that this person isn't doing shady things behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and I think it matters for a preacher because you're a preacher I'd like to believe the shady things you're doing aren't so extreme that you can hardly bounce back from it at least from like society's perspective so it's like I think a lot of Christians myself included are skeptical of the people who would be leading me if I did get fully submerged into a church Mm -hmm. and you know remember I said to you we should play a game called Christian or cult (laughs) the church or cult because it's like some churches you're getting so deep that you slowly 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 start to lose sight of what matters yeah I'm really scared of that maybe that's why I'm not too keen on serving at least at this point in my life because I don't want to lose what I just about have with God (laughs) what I have right now is barely even there I I understand that serving can obviously help me to see him in the right way but it can also help me to see him in the wrong way or I can get distracted I can get lost and I think there is definitely a fear there of like giving your I don't know giving your time your energy and your spirit to something that is a false representation of what God really is Mm -hmm. and I think when you get submerged into a church there are certain things that certain churches do and from the outside it starts to look a bit weird (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't care about how I'm perceived but I think understanding how you're perceived is a very good way to, like, inform you on what, like, it's a very way to view what you are in a more holistic manner. It's like, here's how I'm perceived. Here's how I act. Here's what I like. Perception is also very important. And I think if you get so submerged into something, you're going to be so far from perceptions or you're going to be so uh, closed off to what people would say they, oh God, so closed off to how people perceive you. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm scared of getting lost, basically. And I understand how Christians would be like. No, I'd rather teach myself. I'd rather focus on my personal relationship because I don't want anybody else to interfere and steer me in a direction that I never, I never anticipated. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that like the church, for some reason, has become like a. Are quite an unsafe place for a lot of Christians like mm. people don't feel feel a real sense of safety there and I think like I was saying to you earlier like I feel like the last 10 years have been this transitional period of people actually discussing okay do I actually have to go to church to be a yeah. Christian I think before then like it was just like it, it, it went without saying like it wasn't something that people really questioned much just because people didn't really question church leadership much like yeah. you know but now in today's age there's a lot of like scandals and there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot this kind of new age of like celebrity preachers and celebrity christians um and with that comes like a lot of scrutinization and i think people feel like oh i'm a bit unsure i don't know if this is the right place for me to be if i'm like receiving the right information and then you know, there could be a really good ministry. And then with that really good ministry, there's like a whole load of exposed pages online of exposing yeah. these different ministries and stuff. So you always constantly feel like, am I really safe here? And I think that can hinder people's um, willingness to fellowship and really settle and grow in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like maybe just for our generation going forward, discernment and actually knowing god's voice is is more important than ever <laughs> yeah. yeah right because honestly
0: there are people that are wolves in sheep's clothing clothing yeah, yeah. and even speaking of sheeps like if god himself was it god or jesus that said if my sheep hear my voice doesn't matter who said it because basically <laughs> 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 one, of them, one of them said my sheep hear my voice right yeah so i guess even in the midst of like all of this church scandal and wondering if your leadership is worth trusting you would still ideally remember the voice of God. You'd recognize that. So even if you're in the depths of being lost in this church slash cult, you'll realize, oh, wait, it's like this is not of God. Let me get out of here if you ever, you know, really need to. Yeah. Um, but even on even on the note of you know, 10 years ago, going to church was a no-brainer, I totally agree with you because the way that people who only came to church on Easter and Christmas were perceived and judged in the church, <laughs> I don't blame them for only coming on Christmas Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Because they were so judged. And it's interesting to now see that kind of flip that we're now understanding that that's kind of okay. Like, mm-hmm. if God still loves them, why don't you? Like, who are you anyway? Like, it doesn't really matter. But I think definitely back in the day, we were a lot more judgmental of people who didn't go to church much. Even like me, myself, like going to a Christian primary school, Christian secondary school and like sixth form college, especially when I was younger and I was a bit more naive. I didn't realize that because we, weren't a, because we were a Christian school, or even though they were a Christian school and everybody was going to church every single Sunday. So like I'd say hi to some people on, on Monday and I'd be like, oh, how was your weekend? And they didn't go to church Sunday. And i was like, wait, it's like, aren't we going to Christian school? Aren't you supposed to go to church every Yeah, Sunday? Yeah. So even me, I was a bit judgmental of people like that. But I think it's good that we're now more open to understanding how sometimes you might be a bit too tired to go to church. And that's actually OK, because God is your strength. And that's what God is at home as well. <laughs> you can stay home if you want to. Yeah, but yeah. It's about knowing. Like sometimes you really are craving God's presence. Sometimes you are craving like fellowship of believers, and that's when you should carry yourself to church, and mm-hmm. you know, get that, uh, get that edification that you need. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. And I think like what I like about the kind of the culture that we had back then of going to church, it was like for me anyway. You know, you didn't just go to church because you felt like it. You went to church because it's like what we did. You know, what I mean, yeah. it was like the discipline of doing it. Um, you just knew it was like a no-brainer it wasn't really an option for me growing up I, I never even felt like I could say oh I don't want to go like what do you mean are you unwell is there something
0: yeah. majorly wrong with you even if you're unwell you're going to get <laughs> healing all the more reason to go
1: <laughs> oh my goodness honestly with school yeah you could be like, I'm so unwell but church no don't worry they'll take you to the altar <laughs> you know
0: you're fine as if there's no reason why you could say I'm not going to church zero reason like if there's anywhere you should be it's actually it's church. <laughs> so honestly like, yeah like usually the only people at least in my church going up I feel like the only adults who went at church on sundays were those who worked in the nhs for example because they'd have sunday shifts okay or some boys who would do sunday football oh, went, yeah. you know, those boys that, were that <laughs> was also
1: another battle you know that some families a... <laughs> were not on that you know as in yeah. Ah, do you know how heartbreaking that is? Like, it's kind of a weird concept. So I had um there's another podcast that I listened to, and they were kind of discussing this topic as well. As like, if you had like a son and he was really, really good at football, would you kind of let him miss church to mm-hmm. go to like, you know, play football? And I know how much that has affected certain people's relationships with their parents because their parents said no. There's mm-hmm. actually this guy. Um, like a years ago, that came to TRF, um, and he was basically. Ta- I th- I forgot how the topic was re- related, but he ended up opening up about how his dad um, stopped him from going to football practice, and he was being scouted by like a major football team. And mm. the pain in his voice, definitely. Mm. And this seemed like something that happened years ago, because I feel like the guy was like twenty, so this must have been like when he was like I don't know fourteen or something. Like he was scouted for under sixteen or something, mm. and. That clearly has affected his relationship with his dad, but maybe his dad felt like him going to church and knowing who God is was more important than all of that. Yeah. But then sometimes, as parents, I'm saying as parents, as, parent. <laughs> as a
0: mother of three, <laughs> as a mother
1: of three, I feel like what parents do, because I do have parents. Um, is like sometimes they can kind of be quite forceful with trying to micromanage their child's relationship with God. And oh, even though I get yeah. that, you know, going to church is a great and important thing, it's kind of like there's probably a ton of little boys that went to church and right now don't have relationships with God. And then maybe the kid that went and played football, but his parents were literally allowing God to, to shine through them, has yeah, a relationship yeah. with, with God. Do you got know what I mean? So yeah. oh, it's a tricky one, you know?
0: Yeah. What do you think? I totally agree with you like I've never even seen it in that way before like I guess I've never even tried to undo this thought process of because you went to church every because you went to football every Sunday you probably don't believe in God anymore that's definitely not true yeah (laughs) I've gone back to undo that mindset but yeah it's true like just because you went to church every Sunday growing up it doesn't mean that you're a believer now just because you went to football every Sunday or work every Sunday doesn't mean that you're an atheist now do you know what I mean obviously you know the re- i think one of the reasons why parents are so intent on it is because of the ber- the bible verse is like you know raise your child in the way of the lord or whatever like even growing up i don't know if you had this too if you have it in, in your church but they would have a baby dedication ceremony so i didn't have like i wasn't christened or like baptized or anything i was mm-hmm. dedicated in front of the church so um, i think like shortly afterwards and shortly before that i was named or whatever so it's like oh do you promise to raise this child in the name of the lord they both say yes your parents are like i'm going to do this you know yes and I know that some people like to keep their promises <laughs> including parents so if yeah. you promise promised in front of the same congregation oh yeah I'm going to raise this child in the name of the Lord or whatever and now when they're 13 they're going to football every Sunday I feel like some parents feel a duty towards that it's the same way that you make a covenant with somebody in front of God with your marriage you know you've made a promise to God to do this mm-hmm. and I think they can take it so far as stopping their child from doing anything else on a Sunday because of this promise they've made not just before man but before God and that's way more important. But I think, I feel like with our generation, maybe we'd see it a bit clearer, you know, or the generation just above us. I yeah. You can have a few Sundays off and, you know, to play football, or you can edify your child at home. Your family can be the church the child needs if they're that good at football yeah you take them to friday prayer meet. drag them to the friday honestly <laughs> honestly yeah you know play music in the morning like there are there are ways around it you know they're all yeah it. so yeah i agree with you like just because someone spent their whole life in church it doesn't mean they're going to stay there forever and vice versa people can give their lives to jesus 10 days before they die and end up in heaven like it's, it's calm like mm-hmm. we get so intent on like micromanaging people's journeys like you said it's crazy when you think about it it's like like, I appreciate my upbringing. But I, like I said before, I was in church every Friday, every Sunday. Like I was so over it. I was so tired. That's why I hardly went to church in first year of uni. Like I just I didn't <laughs> want any, any of it. Yeah. I was, when I was finally taking myself there voluntarily, I felt like I'd open my eyes to a whole new world because I was finally doing things you know, of my own volition. Like I wanted to do these things. So I appreciate the upbringing. But I think sometimes we take it too far because it is a child who basically has no autonomy because you're micromanaging their lives Mm -hmm. they're going to go every single Sunday but in their heart there could be a hardness that's growing towards God because they associate God with I don't know just being forced to do things things that aren't so so enjoyable and that can be a really hard mindset to break over time
1: yeah like you're right that that kind of mindset of being forced to do something and then kind of them associating with them associating going to church with being disingenuous or mm-hmm. being not really their authentic self because they feel like, oh, when I go to church, I have to dress a certain way, I have to behave a certain way, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, they feel like it's not authentically them. But then when they get to choose it, it's different. Like, I remember years ago having a conversation with one of my cousins and um we were really young at the time, actually. Now, I think I must have been like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. um And we were talking about how, like, the difference between choosing Jesus and yeah, the difference between being born into Christianity and getting to choose Jesus. And we felt like the people around us that, you know, said, you know, I came from a life of sin and, you know, every day I was, you know how they love it. every day I was in the club, I was drinking, I, I was, was this. The- I was on the block, everyone knew my name. They, they, they so had... they this about everyone.
0: everyone knew my name.
1: Everyone ah, my name. can you imagine? Ah, they love to um even though I remember us I talking about in previous episodes about how people literally romanticize that lifestyle, but anyway, uh, they got to choose Jesus, and so they have a different revelation because they can compare their old life. You know, there's this William McDowell song that says never going back never going back to the way it was like me and my cousin were discussing how we we don't know what that's like yeah, because what was it, <laughs> what, was it? what are you never exists? going back to do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: um
1: and then I think there is a difference in people's experiences and in, in kind of like being born into that and choosing it but at the same time I think that even though I was born into it, there was a period of time, even though maybe I might not be able to say never going back and all these type of things, Mm. it was something I consciously decided to do at a certain point in my life. And, like, we always talk about, like, convictions and what we feel comfortable with doing and not doing. And I think that kind of discovery period is kind of choosing Jesus. It's our way of choosing Jesus. and It might look different from the next person, you know?
0: Yeah, and you can even label going back as not being aware of what, this relationship actually is not being aware of a relationship full stop but only being aware of religion and rituals and like traditions and all of these practices that you just never enjoyed because you were being forced to do it so I guess never going back can apply to everybody whatever it is it's never going back to the way things were before I fell in love with Jesus like being completely lost losing myself on a regular basis being confused not being sure of anything not having anything sturdy and strong to believe in you know relying on my own strength which is basically non-existent you know all of that stuff never going back to that never going yeah. back to trust in myself when there's a whole god out there mm. a whole god that created everything including myself and everything um, that I love I could put my trust in that more so than myself and even on that note like do you I don't trust myself like the mistakes that I make and the lack of strength that is inside of me. Yeah. I'm like, well, I thank God for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Because if I was to drive this boat myself, we'd sink ASAP. As in as, honestly. So 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 quickly. So yeah, never going back to that self-reliance and being okay with being vulnerable. That's what I see as.
1: Yeah. But then you hate that like sometimes to come to those realizations, you literally have to hit rock bottom. Like a definite. Yes. When I tell you that, I did not understand the concept of like, you always say this, like this amazing revelation you had of grace, yeah? Yeah. yeah. For me, that revelation of grace, I, I now understand could only come out of me kind of being in this horribly, horribly bad place mm-hmm. and feeling like, do you know, like me even breathing? Yeah. Like me being actually okay mentally is literally just because God has allowed me to. Exactly. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't comprehend that yeah before. I, like then when I was in a place of like stress and anguish, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So <laughs> me being okay, me feeling happy, me being able to chill out and have a conversation is literally out of a place of grace. Like even I always say this to my friends, like um, TMI. But sometimes when you go to like your monthly cycle some girls get a lot of pain like you know cramping and all of that yeah. I'm one of those girls and you know like you you'll take for granted that you're not in pain right now like right now as I'm speaking to you I'm not in pain let that month that time of the month hit you'll say my god <laughs> as in I walk around and I'm not in pain normally do you, what I mean? you know what I you realize you're
0: like so you're telling me that there are times that I'm not feeling this pain hey. and I took them for granted Definitely, do you know about pain whereby you're like mm. as if you're in labor? Those times <laughs> I've been literally writhing. You know when you, yes. go, <laughs> when you pour salt on a slug? <laughs> <laughs> You'd think someone was poking me with a stick. I mean <laughs>
1: You're writhing in your bed.
0: <laughs> writhing, huh? writhing, writhing. I said this guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> no it's too fashion. much
1: it's it is a lot. lot
0: it's a lot yeah, it's mad though how like it takes being down in the dumps down at the pits of everything for you to finally look up because there's nowhere else for you to look yeah you have to look up <laughs> You're just sitting down like at the bottom of a well like you have to look up you have to look up towards the light and that's yeah. where they say I'll lift up my eyes I'll lift up mm. my eyes to the hills mm. from where comes my hope and it's like it's unfortunate that you have to get to a point. I'm not that you have to, but it's unfortunate that often you get to a point of being at the lowest of the low when you realize how much you need God and how how grateful you are for grace and provision and just for, for God being who He is and, and existing and still loving you, and yeah. and helping little old you. But mm-hmm. it's also beautiful because when you come out of that, ideally, your relationship with Him is stronger than ever, and your reliance on Him is stronger than ever is stronger than ever too. You know, so. It's nice, but it's also like, damn! I'm really, really I'm hungry, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't I? Even honestly, couldn't even take that. Ah, I get you. I get you. You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast. So, what are we talking about today? So,
1: this week has been, I don't know if we should explain it as the Hunger (laughs) Games or the Kid Olympics, because that's what it was. Some made it through, some didn't. Some made it Obviously, you lot on this, my listeners on this pod, you should know already, there's no way I hate. There's no way Wheezy can be in London. (laughs) And I'm not there. But do you know what? Let me tell you the truth. Let me break it down for you guys. I probably would have not gone. So what happened was uh, my cousin came over so mine to stay over and she had O2 priority I did not know what O2 priority is call me your auntie call me out of this world I I actually never heard about it um and she was basically like if you're long short long story short if you're with O2 you get priority so you get access to the tickets before the general public so I was like oh wow the day comes and luckily she basically um does it on her device and she's like you know what let's do it on your device as well and see if it works it works and I was even telling her, I, definitely, I was even telling this girl, man, no, it's not that deep, like, it's on your phone. Long story short, we come to find out that, like, it's not first come, first serve. It's like, when you reach the waiting room, it kind of randomises it. So it came onto my phone, the phone that I was oh. saying, no, no, no. Hmm. Yeah. So when it came on, immediately we booked our tickets. Tell me why there was a timer for three minutes. <laughs> I never typed my DLs in so fast. <laughs> Did everything cool. So... After that, that's when I started. Then I called Adephila. <laughs> I <laughs> and I was that. like, <laughs> Adephila, Adephila, wheezy, wheezy. <laughs> Adephila was moving unsure until I told her the price. She was like, book that right now.
0: <laughs> I said, You're going to tell me twice. I thought it was going to be £100 and I actually can't afford that right now. I said, Yeah. Because when I saw Burner Boy, I was thinking, okay, so Burner mm. Boy is charging £100 for twice as tall. Wizkid Kid is probably charging that, if not more, for Made in Lagos? Yeah. Because why would, why the hell wouldn't he? So exactly. when I first found out the tickets, that, um, the um concert's going to be in November, I automatically assumed it was going to be out of my price range. So I said, okay, yeah, forget about it. But when I received that phone call mm. and he said 48 pounds, I said, I think he's understanding himself, but I don't care because I can actually afford this. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah.
1: So um yeah, then by the time like with the, by the time we tried to sort things out, Twitter had already tweeted and said the tickets sold out. Yeah. so the reason that so afterwards since then we were fighting to get a deflat ticket <laughs> and tickets. even even my tickets were pending so we were like Ooh. has it gone through we were like we need to like try and get more tickets because it might not have gone through long story mm-hmm. short we found out that we didn't even get a confirmation email because my cousin did a typo on her email oh
0: my god so it
1: got sent somewhere else Anyway, we were fighting on multiple devices. We were those mm-hmm. people on laptop, on phone, on everything. We could, we were unsuccessful, guys. You were unsuccessful? No, no, no. I was talking about, get, about getting you the ticket. And <laughs> I was going
0: <laughs> You said, oh, not me, but you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would not tell the story about unsuccessful, so please. Yeah, we fought for three oh. days. We did. We did. Like, we really, we really went in there. Tooth and nail. <laughs> It was tough. twelve hmm. minutes. I don't even think it took twelve minutes.
1: No, because I don't think
0: either. I joined the waiting room like I think it was like nine fifty or something like that, and this came out at like ten. and the moment I got through, it was gone. and I yeah. was like I was so confused, so I said, well.
1: I don't know if it's because um I think London is his only European day, yeah. and people might be flying. I don't know, like I assume people might be flying in from like Paris, of course
0: they other European
1: be. countries yeah. you got I mean. So they're definitely going to take up tickets as well. So I don't even know. I think it was just a, like, it was a luck thing. Like God, it was either God has said you will be there.
0: <laughs> God has ordained. Honestly. <laughs> oh man. Apparently he's got like 12 dates in the USA though.
1: Yeah. People were really complaining about that.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, mean, I saw
1: a video of him saying um, they're going to do another date in London.
0: I know, but can you really trust that?
1: You know the way he was laughing, it seemed like it was banter, but I yeah. don't know. I don't know, man.
0: He should, though. Like, it would sell he out. He should. Like, like, I don't see why not. Maybe it's like some logistics. Thing.
1: Even if it's a smaller venue, like somewhere in Manchester, it will sell out.
0: It will, yeah.
1: He should totally do it. 12,
0: 12, de- even imagine performing 12 times full stop.
1: That's a lot. That is too much. And he gives 110% in his uh-huh. performances, and he's on stage for like two hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. But people like Beyonce, Michael Jackson, all of the greats, like, they always did it, so. Yeah, they do. They're just great performers, though. Like, and I love to see, like, I don't want to sound like an old lady, but seeing a performer in this day and age of music is just so refreshing to see. Like, obviously, there are loads of, like, new artists who are good at singing and stuff like that, but they don't put on a show. Like, yeah. they, come and they sing their song, might do a little routine, the set looks nice. But I, to feel like you went somewhere, you had an experience. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's what I like saying. once in a
1: lifetime, like in the next 10, 20 years, you'll remember that one night.
0: Exactly. And that's even gonna segue into our next um, topic about like what inspires you. Because, like, first of all, the, one of the best concerts I went to was um Anderson Pack in 2017. He's my absolute fave. He drums, he sings, he likes to dance. Like we don't all know uh, he's my yeah. absolute fave. And he has so much amazing energy, such a good, like live band. And when he puts on a show, it's really an amazing show. But even aside from that, Beyonce, right? So she did Homecoming in first year of uni. So what was this, like 2017, 2018? Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching it in awe. I said, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. I do like her most popular songs and some random ones. But I was like, this lady stood there, did not miss a single beat. Excellent. I said, this is perfection. Mm -hmm. As in, it was absolute perfect, like perfect, perfect, perfect. And I was like, first of all, she's put on a show. You're never going to ever forget that. People talk about no. it to this day. Like, no. she just keeps, she's been getting better and better and better. and better. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you get better and keep getting better? Like, she's amazing. She's so amazing. And I felt so inspired. I was like, okay, obviously I'm not trying to be like into singing and dancing like for a career, but I want to be the Beyonce of my craft. And I mm-hmm. felt so inspired that day. I was like, I just want to be the best at what I do. Like, nobody can rival her. If she was to do a um a versus battle, who would it be against? Hmm, herself. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, and I literally. Yeah, yeah. And she'd even beat herself for that too. Like she's yeah. so amazing. And I just felt so inspired. Like seeing performers do what they do, like watching, it, like it's like the Olympics as well. Like watching we somebody in their element and like just seeing a body move and seeing a body do things that you know that your potato self cannot do as 100%. You, are, you are not trained yeah to do what they're doing it's the most amazing way to witness greatness and talents and gifts mm-hmm. like obviously people are intelligent and I rate that too but seeing something like in see something live seeing it in the flesh knowing that you can't do that because it takes so much skill and practice is the most inspiring thing ever you know No 100%
1: and I think this like discussion of inspiration is always weird to me because like rarely but not rarely I would say once a year I have like these big moments of like big inspiration like and I'm someone who I think I said it before I'll watch a documentary and I'll be like that's it I'm gonna change my life (laughs) that's it like I get so inspired but I think that like that feeling of inspiration sometimes can be a double-edged sword because it comes with like a side dish of comparison because you're kind of mm. like, I've really like, I'm so inspired by this person, but how could I kind of do this in my field? Or yeah. I often have this thing with age where I'm like, kind of like, oh, well, they started at 16 and now I'm 22. And it's kind of like, mm. oh, um I want to break free from the shackles of age as soon as possible because okay. I think that holds back so many people always watching other people's lane of how old were they when they started or am I too late for this? And I think. You see that a lot in sport, like for example, like with the Olympics being on, I think it's a inspired, inspired a lot of people. And I even put up a TikTok on my Insta story the other day, and it was like, don't you just feel like so angry at your parents? Like I could have oh, been, I, I could have been a diver,
0: <laughs> I could have been <laughs> something special,
1: <laughs> I could have been amazing at archery. Yeah, we'll never know now, will we? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and so yeah, like I think yeah, inspiration is a weird one. So I often like, try to find inspiration in people who are kind of into the same thing I'm into, or,
0: mm.
1: like, I, I, I no longer kind of want to indulge in inspiration that's completely different from, like, what I'm interested in in the first place. I mm. can admire it, but I'm more interested in people, like, that I can actually see myself become. And that's why I always say that like, I think it's so important for us to see, like, as, as Black women, successful Black women, in the industry on our tv screens in our music like everywhere we are like it's good to see someone that looks like you that's what's so important I think that's what makes our generation different from other ones especially being black British is that I feel like we're the first generation to actually see people in their 30s are actually smashing it doing really well and they look like us they're from our backgrounds they're literally grew up in the places that we grew up in I think that like those stories need to be Really admired because, like, we can actually they've, they've basically opened the door, they've opened the way. Do you get yeah.
0: it? Yeah, it's like leave no door closed, like, leave no road untra- untraveled. Yeah. And even growing up, like, it's I hope you said what you said about like seeing people successful in your craft because it's true. Like, yeah, I can find inspiration from Beyonce and want to be the Beyonce of my craft, I don't want to be a singer and a dancer, I want to be yeah. a writer. And growing up, I would literally write stories with characters named Shelley and Shelley and Anne the hell Shelley and Anne yeah black girls because I didn't, I wasn't seeing black girls in uh what's it called in the books I was reading I was hardly exposed to like um black female authors until I finally entered like secondary school in sixth form and it's seeing that representation and what you're interested in just all crafts in general
1: yeah
0: it's like the door is open now it's like I'm not gonna wonder if I can do that anymore like if you've never seen a fish I don't know if you've never seen a fish swim <laughs> would you know that they can swim does that make any sense like, yeah you never see something happen. It's harder to believe that it can until like one person does to do it, and you know just opens the door for everybody else that's inspired, that's aspiring in that direction. So you're mm. right. Like seeing people that look like you in different spaces being represented is so important. But it's a weird conversation to have nowadays, especially after BLM last year, because loads of brands are now putting the fat black woman on the front of their or the front of their campaign. Mm. Mm. But some people are just saying, "But you're just putting it there because we wanted it." It's like, we wanted it. We want it to be authentic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Don't just put her there because we need to be shut up and because we want to see it. It's like, I wish it was there in the first place. So right. even though we do scream for representation, I struggle to know exactly how I want it. Like, how do I want this dish to be served to me? Do mm-hmm. I want it to just look like it because how it looks is what's most important or is what's most important, like the authentic desire? And even like the, um, what's the word? A subconscious action, just putting people there because they belong there, not because they're black, but because they are good at what they do. Yeah, do you get what yeah. I mean. Yeah, you're it's right. Like I want us to still stray from filling in the gaps and just having the gaps filled because this thing belongs here. Full stop. Regardless of race, background, gender, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. it just it just it conf- it's like it confuses me. Like I'm happy to see it, but you can't help but question the intentions of a brand or the intentions of something being put. Yeah.
1: There. You never want it to feel like they're just, you know, filling out a diversity checkbox, you know, yeah, and a in, their, <laughs> in their annual or monthly report or whatever, <laughs> for whatever brand it is. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes yeah. it does feel like that. And that's why, like, I know there's like this wave of people ranting on about black businesses, support black businesses. Mm. But I think sometimes when it's like, it's literally homegrown, it feels that, that more o- o- authentic. Like it feels special it feels like home it feels original do you got I mean and I think that's like why we have to kind of protect things like that um and even like in the podcasting industry I think this is like part of the reason why like I I felt like it would be such a good idea for us to like do this and start a podcast because I think um conversation is like so important oh stunning people don't like a conversation can change your life yeah you get what I mean? Like, it's just so important. And I think even, like, for the community that we're in, I think we're in such a cool time because it's, like, I always talk about Black British culture and I don't know, like, I feel like it's only me and you that I don't really have these conversations with a lot of my other friends just because I think sometimes people don't really care. They don't really deep stuff like that. But I think we're at a time where it's, like, we're kind of coming out of that um, genesis of Black British culture. We're in this place where we're able to really, like, make something amazing and start our own thing and like i always say like we're the pioneers of this um and being able to document that through Mm. conversation Mm. like as young black christian girls i just think
0: is phenomenal can you think of a conversation you've had just like ever that really changed changed your mind about something or like took you in an amazing direction
1: um I think more so, you know what, it's weird. I think it's more so conversations I've listened to
0: than I've had
1: myself. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I was like younger, like in my late teens, I used to like watch a lot of interviews Mm -hmm. Um, and I could literally watch an interview and be like, I'm going to change my life right now. (laughs) Trying to be like you. (laughs) I will literally like get a list of them and write them in the description box below. But like ones that come to mind are, Like, ones that I've had of, like, Chimamanda and Gozi, I absolutely love her. Like, I think that her mind and the way that she thinks and the way that she articulates herself, I feel like so many of us, like, young Black girls, we've got so much on the inside of us, but sometimes we don't have the language to kind of express. We're going to get to that in a second, because I have a lot to say about that, but carry on. (laughs) Honestly, the lack of language is just killing our people. Do you get what I mean? And I think uh, Chimamanda so beautifully finds language for how how so many people are feeling and mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier talking about how like even on your writing journey kind of took you know your characters were named Sally and, and you know all these different mm-hmm. things I remember her discussing how like she she had to write about I don't know Chioma or mm-hmm. you know the, and include all these different African tribal names because these were the people she was around she was not around Sally she was not around um, I don't know Bob she was actually <laughs> she was actually around people so yeah for so long as black people I think we always like view sometimes our culture as like something that should be pushed to the background or something that's not really professional or good enough or Mm -hmm. shouldn't be brought to the international scene but I think now
0: that's changing you know yeah yeah that's really cool I like that too like seeing seeing somebody do something that you're aspiring to do basically like Mm -hmm. I want to be able to articulate myself in a really amazing way and seeing someone that looks like you've been able to do that just makes it that bit more, that just a bit more possible, a bit more accessible yeah. to you, you know? Um, and even speaking of that quick tangent, like I remember seeing on the TL a lot when Kaizen Love Island was telling, um, was telling Tyler about how he he just pissed her off basically she was so good at articulating herself and I was just so glad that people picked up on that because it was like yeah it's nice that we can recognize it because that way we can kind of apply it to our own lives like am I good at articulating myself am I good at understanding what I'm going through and telling somebody in a way that they will understand because for example Toby was terrible at that Mm -hmm. like like when a big girl was stealing him away. I think he just went because he didn't know how to express that. He still liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was yeah. so painful to watch because you could tell he still liked her, but he just didn't know how to say it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, articulation is a blessing. So, yeah, I agree with you. Just seeing her do that, seeing her articulate herself, and not even just, you know, through the words she says, but the words that she writes. It's so, so, so inspirational.
1: No, it really is. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so, like, I sometimes we take conversation for granted, like, there's few people like that you can have a good conversation with. Oh, good. Like, is, why is that though? Why is that? Like, I love banter. I love jokes and stuff. But do you know, to have like a wholesome conversation. Yeah. Like it's rare sometimes. As in a conversation and, where you'll be holding a glass of red wine. Honestly. Yeah. Sofa, <laughs> and out. I think sometimes the reason why it's so <laughs> rare is because we're all caught up in like, maybe it's because our conversations have moved to online rather than in person. Yeah. So, like, we're scrolling on Twitter looking at other people's conversations and what other people think. Oh, that's
0: such nice. a nice. Like,
1: I'm listening to your conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're kind of listening to 1700 different conversations <laughs> going on, which is, you know, there's perks to Twitter. It's funny. It's nice. You can have conversations with people all over the world and all of that. But I think that shouldn't take away from how important, like, actual conversation with me sitting with you in a room, actually yeah. talking to you about something yeah. and us being able to have a deep conversation how important that is you know
0: yeah yeah I and agree I with you difficult. I guess the pandemic hasn't made it any easy obviously like we literally yeah. couldn't see people for a good year um do you think your social skills in terms of conversation have gone down since things open up again
1: um uh, I don't I don't think so you know yeah, I because for, you me, no, cause for me no because for me I didn't live alone like so I wasn't completely oh, yeah. isolated you know mm-hmm. I mean so Throughout the um the lockdown, I was all I was doing was having conversations. You I me? And (laughs) I worked, (laughs) I worked during the lockdown as well from home. So I was having conversations with colleagues and stuff like that. So I don't think I got to a point where I was completely socially shut off. And then we had the podcast, which is amazing as well. Mm. So yeah, and I'm a talker. You know, yeah. I don't talk to everyone, but those that I talk to, I talk to a lot. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't feel like socially. But then at the same time, I'm not someone who really puts myself out there to make new social connections unless I have to. Like, for example, coming to uni, I made an effort to make new social connections because I had to. Like, it was a new space, new environment. And I didn't really find that tricky because the environment allowed for that. Like, people were open in the first week of uni because no one has friends. You got I mean type of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in daily life, I won't, like, meet someone in Tesco and, like, really have, have a good comment and be like oh do you live around here like nah, oh, not really <laughs> so maybe in that aspect of things I'm not that social but I don't yeah. think that's because of the pandemic really
0: yeah I agree with you yeah I do love a, a deep conversation too you know what makes me laugh I feel like ironically I feel like when you say you like a deep chat it's, yeah. it's usually like usually don't like I remember when I was watching Love Island and he was saying this uh, I think yeah, it was like unseen bits, and Salma was talking to Jake, right? And she was saying to him, "Oh, I love deep chats," and he was like, "Oh yeah, like we could speak about like how long has that tree been there for?" Oh, <laughs> that's what you call a deep chat. Like, I think um, if you claim deep chats as one of your as one of your hobbies or your passions. Usually, your chats aren't that deep, but after a while, you just I think really you just know if you're a good conversation haver, and you don't always like yeah. Them. And I want to have a deep chat, like it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Like it's a character trait or something. Yeah. But ironically, I do like (laughs) I do like a deep chat. Uh I do like a deep conversation. And that's one thing I was saying earlier that I want to get to. It's like I think it's just like a it's an amalgamation of different things I'm going through now in terms of like my course and just like my mind and just writing. I just feel so like there's just so much crap in my head. I can't sift the crap from the gold. It's like what matters? What does it I don't know they're all just dancing together in my brain cells or whatever um but I just I I feel like I yesterday I realized I'm always in my feelings and I just love that term it came out a long time ago whatever Mm -hmm. I never really understood it I just thought I just thought people meant oh you always have feelings for somebody but no when I say I'm always in my feelings I mean I'm just always I just dramatize everything in my Mm -hmm. mind I just can't think about things in a simple way anymore And I kind of blame that on my love for writing because August 20th is my 10-year anniversary for journaling. So thank (laughs) you, But it's that scary because if you know how many diaries I act, it's amazing. Yeah. Is it amazing? I feel like everything comes with some drawback sometimes. And I think for the past 10 years, I've been training myself to like, similar to how we're told to test every spirit, I've been analysing every thought. I've been trying to get to the root of everything. I've been trying to understand all of my thoughts. And then I'll get to, I just feel like I'm always in my feelings. I'm always like so engrossed in why I feel this way. How do I feel? Um, Mm. I always encourage people to ask why, Mm. but maybe I should stop doing that because I don't want you to end up like me asking why, asking why, asking why. And you just end up in your own head, just lying down, thinking it almost, it's almost debilitating sometimes. And what you were saying about articulation earlier is interesting because one thing I do take pride in, pride in is the fact that I like the way I articulate myself personally. Mm. But lately, I've been struggling to do that. It's like words aren't enough anymore. And it's like, well, what is going to be? <laughs> <Which> yeah. <now?" laughs> maybe, it's like, maybe it's just what I'm going through. There's a lot happening. So many deadlines. But, you know, I'll think about the fact that I have a lot to do. But rather mm-hmm. than just getting it done, regardless, or trying to get it done, I'll be thinking, so what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I hey. so rather than doing my work i'll be thinking so what does it mean that i have a lot mm-hmm. to do? Mm-hmm. So, so do my so do my peers are they sitting here looking out of the window just thinking about what they have to do and what it represents and does that mean they're unca- incapable does that mean that they just can't take the heat like everybody else can like i'll be just get, i'll get so lost in the thoughts that come as a result of what i have to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i don't know how to articulate anything like I just feel like I'm at a loss for words words aren't enough anymore and then I wrote a blog post like a week ago and one thing that I realized while I was writing it I was like the best way for me to describe how lost I feel right now yeah is saying that all I can use is metaphors and metaphors they seem amazing because they sound beautiful but they're so abstract that they can mean anything yeah, and that yeah. Just shows just how lost I am, because I can't even tell you what's going on. I'm out here talking about the ocean and the sky. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I even feel like the past two minutes that I've been speaking, like I feel like I haven't really said anything. It's just so jumbled. So yeah. I feel like articulation is important, but I I see a slow like um, departure from that. Maybe it will end in two weeks when my course ends too. Mm. I want to be able to get back to saying things clearly because sometimes I get so lost in words that words aren't enough, and I just can't focus on on what matters. I'm so distracted by the thoughts that come as a result of what matters. Do you get what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I can relate to
1: that because it's like it sounds like the burden of just being too self aware. Yeah. Do you get know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just too aware of your feelings, too aware of like almost everything around you and like those factors around you. And then because you're so aware of it, you become like so critical of it as well. Mm -hmm. And it can be so debilitating. Sometimes I look at myself and I think, I know it sounds so bad to say, yeah, but I just think I wish I was just a bit dumb. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it would save me a round of of all this like (laughs) things going on in my head. Like do you ever like listen to someone or have a conversation with someone and you think like there's no way, like, I can accept what you're saying. Like, do you... Like, I wish that I just wasn't... I don't want to sound, like, prideful and say I wasn't as intelligent as I am. I think I know what you're (laughs) saying. Like, you can just tell that some people lack critical
0: thinking skills. Yeah. And I wish I was like that.
1: Yeah, because sometimes (laughs) there's, like, a... ignorance is bliss they say do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you just not being that self-aware and not being that in tune sometimes can save you from like a world of like hurt sometimes I can be so aware not only of myself but of other people that I pick up on little things that other people do and that it might like change my perspective of them mm. um and whereas and then that will affect like the situation whereas like if I wasn't so self-aware I wouldn't pick up on that and then I wouldn't care and then I wouldn't be affected by it. I hope I'm yeah. making sense. Do you yeah, get it. Yeah, but when you're so aware, you're affected by everything around you. Yeah. But I think it. I think people like that just need to learn to kind of turn down the noise and just turn down. That, that self-critical kind of voice in your head.
0: Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think at that at that point, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so how do I do that? Like we mm-hmm. have suggestions for solutions, but how are they executed? You know. Yeah um one thing I realized even since we started this podcast we always talk about the importance of balance mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we started off on that point because it seems like we came to that realization at the same time like balance is so important it seems to be the yeah. answer to everything oh I like him so much okay we well balance it out like him you know don't think about him all the time oh I'll yeah. just eat this food okay don't eat you too much like have that balance do you know what I mean like yeah. balance is so important so yeah it's good to be um to have critical thinking skills and to be self-aware but you don't want to do it too much So Mm -hmm. I know the solution is to find a balance. So I'm going to try my hardest to find that balance. But right now it's not balanced. And that's the problem. (laughs) Right now I am still in my feelings about every single thing I'm thinking about and every single thing that I'm experiencing. And it's like, you know, a song I always talk about is Evergreen by Yeba. And she goes, um, oh, I can't see the forest for the trees. In other words, it's like, I can't see what matters. I can see Mm -hmm. everything else. And what matters is somewhere in there. But it's mm. such a mess that I can't even focus on the fact that some trees need to go. I just, I'm just mm-hmm. i facing this big mess. I yeah. just don't know how to handle it, you know? It's just a yeah. big, fat something. And I think being too self-aware is interesting. It's hard to talk about it without sounding like, oh, yes, I'm so self-aware. I just know myself. Uh, like, I love that you brought up that point
1: of, like, the trees and that song Evergreen, because yesterday I was just thinking about how I need to change my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, I think I've just come out of this phase where I've, like, ended this big chapter of my life. And now I'm going into another season, as we like to say. (laughs) And I feel like I've not been, I feel like I'm always, you know, you were talking about cycles. I feel like sometimes this is the cycle I'm in of, like, feeling like I need to do better with, like, my relationship with God and just being stagnant and slow about it. Anyway, um, I remember my family's gone away for the weekend and so I wanted to literally make over the whole house, like do a spring cleaning, tidy everything. And then I remember knowing that I need to do one room at a time. Like mm. I'm gonna start with sit room, I'll go to the kitchen, then my room, like one room at a time. Yeah. And I honestly got had that revelation in that moment of like one thing at a time, Joyce. Yeah. You don't have to fix uh. everything today. <laughs> like <laughs> One thing at a time, if that means that okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm actually so intentional about my prayers, I'm not doing a five minute prayer and then fall off to sleep. I'm um, okay, at least two days a week, I'm gonna actually do 10 minutes where I'm actually awake, <laughs> not in a, a dreamland, and I'm actually communicating to God. Yeah, and that's now I've done the kitchen, like you know, that's one section. And then progress with that. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that analogy just helps it make sense in my mind
0: for some reason, you know, one thing at a time. This is so accurate. It's so true. Because, wait, we make multitasking seem like if you can multitask, you're the best. Do you know how inefficient it is to multitask? (laughs) (laughs) It's so, as in, the extent of your multitasking should be listening to a new album while you wash the plates. At this point, that's the most I'm trying to do. Because I will literally... I am a slave to multitasking and not, a good, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. As in, in the past, I, was, I think I was able to do it more in the past because things weren't so demanding. And oh. I could keep saying, maybe when my course is over, I'll have a bit more time that I can multitask some smaller things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. But trying to answer three emails at once. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't <definitely> have a laugh. Trying to answer three. Like, every, like I entertain mm-hmm. and I give time to every thought and every remembrance that comes to me. So I'll be writing an email and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I need to buy this body scrub. So I'll go on Body Shop. When I... <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, the email. So I go back to the email. Yeah. Then I'll get a text, oh, yeah, I need to do this. And I'll... before you know it, there's 100 tabs open on my laptop. And, it uh... was... and I'm like, well, if I do them at the same time, I'll get them all done at the same time. But obviously, I'm that's... wrong every single day. Yeah. And I go to bed with like all of these half fulfilled tasks, feeling like I've taken 10 steps backwards because I wasn't doing one room at a time. I wasn't taking one step at a time, you know, and I think when you try to do it all at once, things get done so half-heartedly. there's still going to be dust in the corner. There's still going to be some crumbs on the floor because you're trying to hoover Hoover here and dust there at the same time. Yeah, 100% beings coming out of you and you really do <laughs> So yeah, it's true. Multitasking. I don't. I don't think it's advisable if you've got a really, 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 really busy life. Like one step at a time is so, so, so important. Yeah, hundred percent. And
1: I I saw a video the other day and it, and it said like, God is patient with you. And sometimes like, people say that all the time and it kind of flies over my head. But no, it's literal. Like He's not there. Like Oh, you're always in this cycle. Like For goodness sake, get it together. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually so patient with you. He's actually waiting for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's comforting because, you know, like when you're really late to get somewhere and you're like, oh, when I get there, these men are just going to grill me. Yeah, yeah. God is not waiting to grill you, like, when you, even though you're late. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's actually looking forward to you coming. So nice to remember.
0: I love that. And it just might remind you of how much of a break God is. Like, damn, mm. this world is so crazy, so demanding, so hateful. Yeah. And God is like everything but that. Mm. It's like everything you hate about the world. That's what God isn't. Mm -hmm. And that's so beautiful because you saying that he's waiting for you. It's like, I don't know, say your mom said, get to church on time. You know, she let you sleep in a bit, but she said, get in time for praise and worship. You get to praise and worship. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And you know that she's going to give you evils as you walk in. Yeah. But God himself is waiting patiently for you yeah it reminds me of um you waited by travis green do you know that song oh i love it oh you know those songs that you just <laughs> <laughs> <No>! <laughs> you can imagine yourself running to god's arms in a meadow it's yeah. just like you waited you waited for me that is so beautiful no one else is waiting for me okay they say they are They say they love me. They say they care. I know that they do, but they can only do it to the extent that a human being can. But no one's going to wait for you as much as God is going to wait for you. As in, you can take one step and fall down on one step and fall down. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how annoying it would be if you were waiting for your friend at the train station? Uh, hmm. (laughs) And she was coming up the stairs and she kept falling down. You would be fuming. You'd be like, get up. Like, what what are you doing? Yeah. But the God that you serve does not care. Like, he doesn't, he's slow to anger. I think he's so slow to anger, like, he basically doesn't anger as far as I'm concerned. He's there waiting, and that's such a break. And sometimes, you know, the break you need from human beings is also the break you need from yourself. Like, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. It's not even like someone is telling you, hurry up, you need to get it done. It's literally just you. And I think turning to God, the one who's waiting for you and He will never stop waiting for you and never stop loving you, is a good break from the demands and the pressure you're putting on yourself, you know. Uh And, you know, that's why it always goes down to me not understanding. I know it's possible, but a life without God, you know, people that don't necessarily believe in God or, or, you know, have their own um, reservations with any belief in God or Christianity. And everyone has a thing that pulls them through. But I just can't imagine anything better than God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a Christian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, literally, hey. I literally can't. And I'm just, I feel so blessed. I always thank God for just existing. It's like, damn, if you weren't here, what the hell would I do? I don't think anything in this world would carry me through. Honestly. Not at all.
1: Honestly. And it's like this comfort of it, it's not going away. Like everything else, like we know that any day it could go, like anyone in our life, you know, anything mm-hmm. in our life. But it's like, it's, it's like this. It's unbelievable it's like too good to be true vibe that like god is yeah. actually never gonna go away
0: um and it's so comforting yeah yeah because oh, they always so- say like everything is so fleeting you know it's weird yeah. though it's like <laughs> i don't want to make it take a left turn mm-hmm. but it's like you know god doesn't go away and he's oh what's the only some things i always get them mixed up now He's only everything, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Only everything, only everything. Yeah. But it's like everything he created, nothing he created lasts. But he does. Yeah. But he also allows this these created things that don't last to depend on each other, but Mm -hmm. eventually realize that he's the only one to depend on. I just think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. is there anything that God has created that actually lasts forever? Am I just not seeing this clearly?
1: well ideally like when we choose jesus we're gonna last forever with him in eternity hmm. so i guess i think the beauty in that is him allowing us to choose him hmm. like he's not going to force you to spend eternity with him if you don't want to you know <laughs> you <better stay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's this is this choice it's this willingness to hmm. um so yeah i guess that's the only thing that comes to mind really yeah it's interesting yeah man so, do you have any current faves for us this week?
0: I do. I was even prepared once again, two songs. Um because mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell else would they be? Yeah. Um yeah. So you know it reminds us quickly. You remember when you were doing uh your dissertation mm-hmm. and you said you were listening to like just some worship to carry you through? <laughs> ah, I tell you, that was all that was helping me. <laughs> So, I think one song you said you listened to was The Moment, number one or number two, Yeah, that helped you. So, yesterday it was um, Can't Give Up Now. I <laughs> 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 said, <So, laughs> so There will be mountains. <laughs> oh, honestly. Oh my gosh. It's mad. You hear a song literally 20 years ago for the yeah. first time. You hear it so much as you grow up, you start to even skip it because you've heard it a billion and one times yeah. before. And then one day it starts <laughs> to make sense again. <laughs> can't Give Up Now by Mary Mary. If you ever want to give up, brother, mm. don't you believe in God, just listen to that song mm. because it is obviously like quite slow tempo as well. And you will probably cry if you're. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> Warning, you know. But the message is you just can't give up now Yeah. you've come too far. Uh, don't let me start the lyrics now because i'm (laughs) it just makes so much sense i've come too far from where i started from nobody told me the road would be easy but i don't Mm. believe he's brought me this far to leave me Mm. it's like do you think god would have brought you through all of that to leave you at like one centimeter before the finish line no like when he starts something he completes it (laughs) oh yeah he's not a god of unfinished deadlines and unfinished incomplete work like he's gonna finish what he started you know, he who began a good work in you was, was going to be faithful to complete it, and I needed to hear that because I was like, I might just, <laughs> I might just stop. Trying. <laughs> but it's like, how yeah. would you do that so close to the end? So yeah, I love that song. And another song is by, you know, Janelle Monet Yes. Yeah. So she um uh has an album called Electric Lady that she released like oh, back in 2013 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister used to play her album all the time, and it's got this really lovely song in it called Victory and that song was just it wasn't really speaking to my situation or like my current situation but it's just amazing Mm -hmm. lyrics and I know that they're just beautiful so she says um to be victorious you must find glory in the little things and I think it's just so beautiful to hear yeah and the way she sings it too it sounds so good but it's almost like she's like wailing slash crying but Ah. in in a good way yeah if you're if you're feeling like Sad once again. Just put that on. <laughs> it might not uplift you, but there is something yeah. about having a lot inside, like I was saying earlier, and having a song that kind of uh projects that out of you because you don't know how to express yeah. it. Yeah.
1: It allows you to feel it, to feel oh, how you Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it
0: allows you to feel it. So yeah. yeah. Victory by Janelle Monáe. Such beautiful, beautiful lyrics Sounds so good. Like if I can't mm-hmm. cry, she'll cry for me with the way she's singing that song. Oh. So. <laughs> Those
1: are my current faves. What are yours? lovely my current fave is actually a podcast episode so there's this podcast I listen to called the half cast podcast I really love it I think I can't remember no it's not Reggie Yates. it's this guy called Chucky online um with his friend called Poet but they have a lot of guests that come on Mm. um and why I like it is literally like if you ever want to have like be a fly on the wall on what's going on within the Black British culture, that is a podcast I would literally highly recommend. Oh, cool, cool. It's really, really good. They talk about like, a lot of topical issues going on within the culture. Um, and so this episode is called Taking the L to Catch the W. It's very recent, came out. Um, and he's uh having a conversation with a guy called George the Poet. Oh, I love um, George the Poet. Oh, definitely when I tell you it was a wholesome conversation. Oh yeah. Like they're both two guys that can have deep, deep combos and like literally i will think something in my head and they'll say and like explore it and i'm just like oh that's literally where i would have taken it um and so yeah they're just literally talking about like a little bit about gang culture about um black british culture as you guessed it and just about like how we can evolve and develop as a people and as a culture um Mm -hmm. and the beauty of like all these different um black people and different cultures coming together and us forming our own thing it's like similar to what we me and a deaf about all the time yeah. um so i absolutely loved the episode it was really good you guys should check it out and yeah. check out um yeah the half cast podcast and also i think george's poet has his own podcast which i will be checking out too
0: yeah i actually saw an advert for that episode i think like yesterday or something like that so i definitely okay. give it a listen to he's yeah. ugandan as well i think
1: yeah yeah he is yeah. i
0: really like him no he's amazing
1: yeah so uh, that is everything guys this has been episode 26 i've really enjoyed this one Mm -hmm. i hope you you guys have too and we will catch you in the next one Mm -hmm. bye guys